0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the South Bay Show, Manhattan Beach Chamber 360, on April 16th, 2021. Live, love, laugh, and leave a legacy. That's what we do here in the South Bay of Los Angeles, and it's a beautiful place to do just that.
2: The South Bay Show is brought to you by the Manhattan Beach Chamber of Commerce. The Chamber of Commerce has been serving the community since 1941. It is an association of businesses, other entities, and individuals organized to encourage a strong local economy and quality of life by promoting commerce, sound government, and an informed membership and community.
1: I'm your host, joe terry and you can read all about our many adventures on facebook at facebook.com forward slash the south bay show persistence passion principle and purpose that's what we talk about here on the south bay show joining us as co-host the president and ceo of the manhattan beach chamber kelly stroman hey kelly how are you today
2: Good morning, Joe. Happy Friday. I am great. I like the way you said Manhattan Beach this morning. You really put a lot of emphasis (laughs) and passion and purpose into that Manhattan Beach today. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) How has your week been? Uh,
1: It's been a fabulous week full of uh, announcements, and uh, my middle daughter... Is now engaged to be married. No, they've wow. been together for five years. They've been uh, an item for five years, but now they are officially uh, engaged, and uh, we're very happy about it. We we like the guy a lot. He's okay.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thank goodness! Thank goodness you like yeah. him a lot. Uh, that is well, fantastic yeah. news. Congratulations. And he's he's barely, um, he's barely,
1: um, he's barely acceptable to marry our daughter. (laughs)
2: Love it. (laughs) Did he go with the old fashioned and ask for your permission in advance?
1: Well, we did have a conversation of a couple of conversations. Yes.
2: There we go. All right, I yeah. love it. Well, congratulations and blessings uh, to both of them. I can't wait to hear more about that yeah. as the wedding day is set and approaches. That's exciting. Yes. very very fun. Yeah, we have to, yeah. you know, all those little things are just so so important. So, congratulations. <laughs> Um, well, I don't, I'm not getting married and no one in my family is getting married no? yet, but, um, <laughs> you, you know, we have to, oh, well, oh, oh, I, I have a celebration. My youngest son turned 22 yesterday. Um, so, yeah. you know, happy birthday to my youngest son. Um, God bless him for spending his 21st birthday a year ago during the, heel, yeah. the heat of the pandemic with his mother at yeah. home. Um, <laughs> Uh, not not <laughs> not the way, right? Probably most twenty-one-year-olds right. envision right. spending their twenty-first birthday. And uh, right. so this year, he got to celebrate. He's down in Cancun on spring break. That's a whole another subject, right. but um, I think he's making up for you know a year. <laughs> anyway, can so little you, celebrations I don't wanna, are all good.
1: I, I, that's a happy memory. But can can you imagine April? 12 months ago, we didn't know anything. We didn't know how bad it was going to be. It's crazy.
2: It is crazy. And, you know, I, I just had um, – this, this seems to be a recurring conversation and as we've passed the year mark, you know. But it was funny because yeah. last yep. night um, as Carolina and I were wrapping up in the office and um, something came up and I go – Uh, we were talking about how the chamber of commerce has been open the entire year. Like we've stayed open. um, Mm -hmm. You know, we've been in the office every day. We've, you know, been, I mean, just relentless work to try to help the business community. Uh, People have stopped Mm -hmm. in, they've called, they've, you know, whatever. They've even tried to pay their bills here because they think we're the city of Manhattan beach, which we're not. And then we direct them Mm -hmm. otherwise, what have you. But we were, we were kind of saying, you know, we've been open except for like the, I don't know. Two or three weeks that we locked the door and put a sign on, and I think everybody's been mm. doing that. Like no no entry, right? You know, like, um, mm-hmm. and how afra- how you know afraid and scared, and uh, no one just knew what we were dealing with at that point, right? No. And, no. I mean, we're such a friendly community, and to to have to even lock your door and put a sign on it, it literally said, stop, and it was like a health sign, (laughs) you know, do not enter, Mm -hmm. or, you know, do not Mm -hmm. enter, you have a fever, a mouth, you know, and um, we look back at that and just go, because there was so much unknown, you just didn't know, you know, you just did not know, Um, no one knew, (laughs) yeah, what we were really dealing with, and Um, how contagious it was, how dangerous it was, you know, all of that. So we were kind of just having a, a pause last night going, gosh, remember that? Like a year ago you know, it was just like, whoa, like, wow. So I'm so happy that we are on the other side of that. We are not out of the woods yeah. and through the yeah. pandemic yet, but we are certainly, I, I feel like at least in California, in Southern California is doing a great job kind of, you know, on the other side of it now, knock on wood, let's keep it that way. Um, the vaccination rollout is just, Full steam ahead in California right. and particularly in Los Angeles. I had my second vaccine last weekend. Not, I am, I'm, I'm very happy about that. Um, you know, it takes a couple of weeks before you're considered fully vaccinated for it to, you know, activate your body and everything. But um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I've done my part and will continue to do more. But. Um, You know, yeah. Let's you know, let's keep the positive momentum going. There's great signs uh, in the business community. There's a lot of activity. There's people out. They're shopping. You know, they're dining. um, Outdoor dining is so robust. You know, now we can indoor dine a little bit um, with a small Mm -hmm. capacity, and there's a mix. But there is such a good, healthy buzz in. Manhattan Beach particularly, I haven't had an opportunity to really venture too far out and check out what's going on in other cities yet. But from what I'm hearing, Mm -hmm. people have been traveling around a little bit uh, more for like, you know, kind of the spring break type of season. And, you know, they're traveling, I think, a lot within California, Um, uh, kind Mm -hmm. of that, you know, uh, regional travel. And um, I love it. I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm happy to see it. And, um, I'm just hoping we continue on this very positive trajectory, so um,
0: yes
2: with what fasheen said, it's time for people to get out and about and circulate in downtown Manhattan Beach this weekend. Today starts uh, the April sidewalk sale, spring sale, um, okay. where all the stores, you know, all the stores. Um, discount their goods, their clothing, their goods, their candles, their lotions, their potions, even many of the salons will sell, you know, items, um, all the services, anywhere, you know, from 25 up to 75% off. And um, it is, you know, go shop, clear out the dust out of the closet, go get some new clothes, make yourself feel good, Um, enjoy a healthy day, outside shopping in Manhattan Beach. Enjoy a meal, enjoy the ocean view, and breathe in that air. But um, very exciting to see um, the sidewalk sell back in return, and hopefully people will feel comfortable, you know, um, shopping in that environment. Um, there are a couple yeah. other things. Um, the, the Manhattan Village Mall um, Shopping Center over on Sepulveda um, is also having an event this week. And um, okay. it's, you know, it's spring, and it's called Spring into beauty and it's tomorrow April 17th from 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. over at Mm -hmm. um, the shopping center it's um, sponsored by Los Angeles magazine and of course the shopping center and you need to register in advance so you need to go on to eventbrite eventbrite eventbrite.com and uh, forward slash spring into beauty and it'll pop up again it's at the Manhattan Village shopping center tomorrow Saturday, April 17th, 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. It's going to be a lot of fun, all sorts of, you know, fun giveaways for the ladies. Men are welcome to go, but if you want to have, you know, you can. they're putting on lashes. They're reading tarot cards. There's going to be treats and all sorts of fun things, styling <laughs> tips and all those good things. But in um, their beautiful new outdoor plaza that um, is, you know, right. is open in all the stores and restaurants around it. Some are open, some are still being built out, but it's a beautiful gathering space with little water features and a big clock tower and um, a couple of delicious restaurants. And then, of course, the mall is just a step across the little path, and the mall is fully open. So um, come on out tomorrow, shop in downtown. Go treat yourself and shop and you know, get a little girl pampering over at the mall. Um, enjoy mm-hmm. and um, Be a part of this, you know, recovery um, of the economy and ourselves. We all need a little pampering, right? We all deserve it. I think so. You gotta take care of yourself. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And and I have one more announcement. Um, The actually, I have two more announcements. Fusion um, High School of the South Bay is having a um virtual open house today from ten a m to eleven a m um fusion academy you can you can see you can go register for that there or just tune in, mm-hmm. but Fusion Academy is a wonderful alternative learning um, option in the south bay um, that does great works with students so um, very exciting and then drum roll, please next mm-hmm. wednesday uh, the twenty first of April is the graduation of the Young Entrepreneurs Academy, Class of 2021. You've heard me talk about the Young Entrepreneurs Program um, every year. And this year they are completing their 20-week program. We've had our investor panel. We have our winner who will represent us nationally. And next week is the big graduation. So proud of these students.
1: Absolutely. Oh, my gosh, that's wonderful.
2: Mm -hmm. Graduation. Um, Graduation. Like none other, yes. right? And we're, it's, we're still virtual, um, but these students who have you know, created their own business, they're all a CEO at this point, which is some are in seventh grade, some are in 11th mm-hmm. grade and everything in between. Mm-hmm. Um, they've started out with a passion to make a difference, a passion to create something. We've taught them how to do that. We've given them the tools. Right. We've had mentors all along the way. Um, They've pitched their business Shark Tank style to the investor panel, and now they're ready to graduate and light the world, you know,
0: um,
2: light it up. So anyway, super proud of them. That is what is happening in Manhattan Beach.
1: And that's a lot.
2: (laughs) Always. Am I ever for a a loss of words? Never.
1: No, no. There's a lot to print about Manhattan Beach. Yes, there is.
0: There is. Yes, there is. <laughs> yes, Wonderful. there is. Okay. Wow.
1: Kelly, um, we have some amazing people to meet today. I, I really think, uh, you know, a few of the people that we're going to be meeting today potentially have international reputations. It's incredible.
2: They do. and um, One's a returning guest. Shall I introduce our yeah. returning guest or shall I introduce both? Please. Are we ready for one or please.
1: both? Please. Well, oh, I think just our returning guest for now, please. Uh,
2: just our returning guest. Okay. Yeah. So today we have our returning guest, um, Kelly Fogarty. She is the Luna Fest Chair and Ceropterimus International of Manhattan Beach. Um, board member. Kelly has been a member of Seroptimist for 19 years. She has retired from careers in computer sales and real estate and delighted to spend her time volunteering, cheering for UCLA. Well, we've got to hear about that. And bird watching while <laughs> her husband John takes his e-bike everywhere. I want to hear more about that too. Um, Kelly, um, it's such a pleasure to have you back on the show today uh, to learn how Seroptimist International um has done over the last year. I can't wait it's been a year since we've had you on the show. Um, you joined in the heat of the ramp up of the pandemic, and you had to pivot very quickly with Lunafest. And now here we are again, a year later, um uh, ramping up for Lunafest. So welcome back to the show, Kelly.
3: Thank you. Thank you so much. It's great to be with both of you again. It uh, it, it it has Thank been you. quite a year. And as thinking about what you were saying in April of last year, we didn't know. And we, we had a date in, oh. I think, March for Luna Fest at the Redondo Beach Performing Arts Center last year, March or early yeah. April, and that had to be canceled. We got another date. Yeah. We thought, I, I think we got a date in the summer. Oh, well, we certainly will be able to have it at the Performing Arts Center in the summer. And, of course, that also um, – uh, it wasn't possible. So it, it is. It's been a roller coaster. And by the time that all settled in, we, we were able to have a virtual presentation last year in June of, of LunaFest. Mm-hmm. And the Luna mm-hmm. people made that option available and people could screen from home. And then in the ensuing year, they've really refined it. They've got a lot of great options for watching this year from home. But we'll hope next mm-hmm. year to be back at the Performing Arts Center. <laughs>
0: Right,
1: and um, that, that, we're here to talk about LunaFest, and so that, that brings up the whole issue of virtualization and how we may have different options uh, in the near future, but virtuality, the, the viewing and the, the, uh, taking advantage of uh, people being able to watch from home will never go away. It'll never be the same again, will it?
3: Right. I agree. And um, unfortunately, that means some theaters close, right? That's been in the news um, because yeah. people will take more advantage of that. But there's there's always, you know, a, a, a striving a, a drive to get together and, and especially for an event where you can have a pre-program in the lobby and an intermission and enjoy each other's company and so on. So uh, yeah. there'll be there'll be a mix for sure.
1: Now, no Kelly, I'm at si I'm at seroptimus international manhattanbeach.org. S I Samuel Isaac manhattanbeach.org. But right, believe it or not, Kelly, there are people that don't actually know what Seroptimus International is about. Please tell us what is. Soroptimist International.
3: Thank you. I'd be happy to. It is a global volunteer movement, and we are celebrating our 100th anniversary this October. Um, It was Hmm. founded in Northern California at a time when women uh, wanted to form their own service organization because the service organizations were only open to men, So some women Mm -hmm. there uh, decided to form uh, a similar sort of parallel organization and over time realized that if they just kept their focus on the needs of women and girls within the realm of community service that they found a a unique set of needs, a unique niche, and a a place to be. So now we are in 121 countries. We have uh, Mm -hmm. clubs in every uh, continent. We have five federations around the world. Uh, We have consultative status with the United Nations as an advocate for women and girls. And um, it's a pleasure to be a part of such a great organization. When we have conventions, it's just remarkable. It's just um, every moment is uh, so meaningful and, and uh
0: Mm-hmm. To see
3: the needs everywhere else, because everyone 's needs aren 't the same uh, a, a clean water project in one area isn 't what we need to work on here in in our area, but we have needs we need to address here too so um, but to see how in common you know our approaches are to solving problems and to um you know working on things uh when we come together and and the things that our international organization addresses, such as migration, human trafficking, domestic violence, mm-hmm. the rights of older women and so on. It's it's just inspiring. And, you know, they bring the top level people in the world together on those issues. So we love our, our big organization. We love our club and uh, the things that we do here.
1: Mm, wonderful. Kelly, do you have a um... A question to start us off, or shall we go into
2: LunaFest? Kelly, Kelly, Kelly. Um, The other Kelly? (laughs) Yeah, I'm
1: sorry. Kelly, number one.
2: I'm listening. I I got my coffee. I'm on it, Joe. (laughs) I was ready for that. No, you know, I'd love to hear more about LunaFest. Let's just go right into LunaFest, you know, and and talk about what's going on. And, um, and and just, you know, let's, let's talk about that. Let's, let's go there. Go ahead.
3: Sure, sure. Well, and, and it's, their tw- it's their 20th anniversary of presenting LunaFest, so another big anniversary, and it's our club's 15th season of presenting it. Um, Luna started this, the founders of the Luna Nutrition Bar for Women, Twenty years ago, thinking about what can we do to additionally inspire um, women and represent women, and they settled on this way to find women filmmakers, women. Who have unique voices and perspectives, and uh, produce a short film festival, and people submit their films. Um, they're from all around the world, and so each year a curated set of, of films are sent out, and then nonprofit groups like ours can can screen them and uh, do fundraising ourselves uh, upon that. So it's their great donation and contribution to to that world, and the you know the message is representation matters, and there's still. Isn't adequate representation in filmmaking for women, and this is just a, a great opportunity each year to highlight. This year there are seven films. We can talk a little bit about, about some of them too, if you'd like. Mm-hmm.
0: Um,
2: I, I do definitely want to talk about them, but I have a. As you said that all that Kelly, I um, twenty years of LunaFest, right? You said um, your chapter. This is your fifteenth year doing it? correct? Did I hear that right? Okay. So I'm just curious if you know, um, the minute you said that, I thought I'd be curious to know today, this this year, how many submissions there were versus 20 years ago. So in other words, how have women filmmakers either um, grown in, in size of the population or feel more comfortable submitting and doing this too. So 20 years ago, do we know we're there whatever, 20, 20 films submitted, and now there's 200 films submitted. Do, we have, do, you have, do you have any of
3: that information? I'm just curious. I, I don't have it. I don't think uh, – I've read through so much of their story and their history and, and, and everything they have to say on lunafest.org, which is their website. Um, they uh, – They haven't really given us that. They've given us the numbers. For example, there have been 170 filmmakers featured over the 20 years. Uh, Over 2,500 screenings have occurred over the 20 years. So we have some some numbers. But each year, what they get in submissions and then how they – you know, select those and, and choose them. I, I don't have any, um, in, any real visibility on. Um, they partner with an organization called Chicken and Egg Pictures, which is a nonprofit mm-hmm. that is dedicated to championing women filmmakers. And this is mm-hmm. the first year that Luna partnered with Chicken and Egg and actually produced some of the films. So they're getting oh, even wow. more and more into, um, you know, really making films that will, you know, letting, letting these filmmakers thrive.
2: I, I love it. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe um, next year, uh, and we don't even have to wait that long, um, you know, Kelly, maybe if you have um, contacts at LunaFest or Chicken and Egg or something, I'd love to get them on the show and talk sure. about not just LunaFest, you know, but really the evolution um, and, and talk about just that 20 years ago, what was submitted, and, and maybe even the topics right the subject matter of the of the film right right i bet has really changed over over the years and um and Mm. and maybe it hasn't but i just i'd love i would love to hear that and and be a part of that history and and just learn more about it too so um all right so tell us about this year what are we um what are we what are we going to see this year
3: well, I, I will um, leave the one film, Overexposed, it's called Filming an Arctic Odyssey, the filmmaker's Holly Morris, and she's going to join us here shortly, so we'll leave the um, mm-hmm. discussion of that one. It, it was a, a made a big impact on me as well. She is a, a very uh, celebrated filmmaker, and I'm sure that um, we'll enjoy hearing her story of this um, one of the films that I really enjoyed is called Knocking Down the Fences um, and it's about a woman who's a professional softball player. Uh, I think she's at Louisiana State now um, studying in, in school as well. From the film she wore a lot of LSU caps, let's put it that way. Um, so She is the first woman to win a Rawlings Gold Glove Award and she mm-hmm. uh, has a, a, a job on a professional softball team um, and works like crazy um she's an amazing athlete and and just does nothing but you know practice 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 and train um but the the story includes the fact that her pay the average pay i think they said for a professional softball player is less than fifteen thousand dollars so here she is at the top of her form, at the top of everything, and not even a fraction of what, let's say, a, a young man who makes it into a farm club for MLB. He's got a, a yeah. living salary. He's got a path to, you know, to a, additional achievement, additional, you know, hope as long as he has the luck and works hard. Um, that And this is it her so she now has to work a couple of other jobs she finally decided that she um, you know like many women athletes because we've heard these stories in soccer and other professional sports right um, mm-hmm. she mm-hmm. has gone back to school she's realized she needs to get a degree because she's going to need a job that can support herself sometimes but you know for for women for especially black women in her case she makes the case but you know, it's it's all about her achievement and her dreams. And she says, if you can knock down the, you know, the first barrier, if you can knock down this barrier, girls watching this and watching her can knock down others. So it, it's an inspiration to everyone who thinks, well, that's a terrible barrier. So Knocking Down the Fences is, is that one. And I, I was very inspired by her. Wonderful young woman. Wow.
2: Love the wow. name. Love the name. Knocking yeah. Down the Fences.
3: <laughs> Yeah. Right. Um, another you one know, really hit mm-hmm, me. Because, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, 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 no. Go right ahead. Uh, another film. I when I first saw this, it, her name Betty Sayer, uh, Betty Sarr, sorry, S A A R, called Taking Care of Business. And when I first saw her picture and saw her name, I I think I must have seen her work at a gallery, let's say back in the seventies or eighties or something. So I I recognized it in some far corner of my mind. But she she. It, The the story is of of this artist um, who's 93 and still going strong. And she was um, very – she she does collage and assemblage. She grew up in L.A. She attended – UCLA, I think. I think she attended UCLA at a time when it was, um, oh well, you can study design because you know, especially as a woman and especially as a black woman, you were going to be narrowed into a a slot where, um, no, you can't study art. You're not. You can't possibly be an artist. Kind of a thing. But um, the assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., other things happening in the L.A. area and so forth, all during those turbulent times, she became a an activist. She she did a famous uh, study you might have seen. I, I realized I had seen it somewhere. Aunt Jemima, but Aunt Jemima, you know, caricatured and holding a rifle in one hand and, you know, a protest sign in the other or something like that. So she became, <laughs> you know, a, a very, you know, big uh, spokesperson for, you know, for, uh, you know, civil rights, for women's rights, and all the rest of it. So I, I just, as soon as I heard her name, I thought, I've seen her somewhere. So, yes, yeah, she has a, a great story. And, and so this is a, a documentary about her. Wow. Kelly, you know, after every year, there's, there's always compelling
2: films that um, you bring to this Lunafest. Um, and do you, what kind of feedback do you receive? You know, what what after people have watched these films, um, you know, I'm sure you, you you know, people email you, call you, um, I'm sure there's life changing stories that come out of some of it. Um we receive that when we do certain events, right? But I'm just right. this is so much bigger. It, what you know, what can you share any has anything come to mind over the years that people you know who have um you know just contacted, you know, Seroptimus afterward and said, wow, this changed my life, or I, I'm doing this because of that film or anything like that. Do you have any of those episodes? Well,
3: yes yeah i mean i i I can think of one and, and in fact, uh, one of the early lunafests um, there was a very personal uh videography of a woman did of herself as she was diagnosed with breast cancer and later had a double mastectomy so she filmed her entire uh, journey with that and and in very graphic t- and we saw her chest right we 've been very um, frank open honest terms, and fifteen years ago you didn 't see that much you don't see it still much today but women who we heard from so many women after that who had had breast cancer had loved ones with breast cancer and it was a revelation to them to see somebody be so open and honest about that it was a um i think you know shocking i think it was uh, again, not something you you see often, and it was I I, I get goosebumps right now talking about it. Still, it was a very mm. personal and very brave, and all of that. And so those kinds of things, and especially let's say maybe when it's something in your life just hits people. So therefore, every film's going to hit somebody different. It was an issue they dealt with, or someone they love dealt with, um, and uh, whether it's. Um, you know, there's a film about immigration right now in, in this here's Luna Fest. It's going to resonate with a lot of people. It's going to resonate with the news. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's definitely, definitely always people. And, and at, at the Performing Arts Center, we have an intermission. And you'll just walk around the room and hear the conversations at the table. And, oh, my gosh, that last film. Can you believe that? And uh, that kind of thing. So um, really, really, really they do. I mean, like like great film anywhere, everywhere, they touch people. Great. Hello. Wow. <laughs> well, that's amazing. It's our favorite yeah. event. Yeah. It's our biggest event. It's our biggest fundraiser. And it's, um, you know, gosh, when we found this 15 years ago, we said, here we are, women you know, women's service organization and what do we want to do in the world but lift up women and then here's this Luna company over here that's decided to champion these unique voices and make sure they have more exposure and representation and so on. And what a synergy, you know, what a just opportunity right. to say this is the ideal fundraiser we should have. I,
2: I agree. So how has your fundraising been impacted over the last year with the pandemic? Um, you know, what other things have you had to do? Who has stepped up? Um, you know, how how are how is it going?
3: Well, it, it's it's definitely tough. It's for sure tough, and we we. Always had twice a year bingo nights, the bingo might bring us you know three thousand dollars a year kind of thing, but um we'd be at the badminton club and um and have you know seventy eighty people in the room and just fun and silly fun, bingo silly fun. Um, so we had a virtual bingo this year. It, w- it We had 80 people. It was a riot. It was hmm. very fun, but it, it's different, and it took us a while to realize that we should do that, figure out how to do that, and all of that. So um, I will mention our sponsors, if you don't mind, for Luna Fest if we're talking Me? about fundraising, because they are in, yeah. they are amazing this year. So happy.
0: Manhattan Village
3: is one of our full moon sponsors, as is Athleta, and I'll, I'd like to say something more about Athleta in a minute. Blue Moon sponsor is Chevron, so we're, they're always so supportive of us. In fact, they let us put our LunaFest banner on the fence there at Sepulveda and Rosecrans, so you can see that right now. Um, our other sponsors are Margaret May Insurance and Financial Services, Smart and Final, and I'm going to talk about the snack bag bags we're going to give. So we're going to do um, snack bags for our attendees, and you know these kind of donors help us fill up you know, a, a bag with microwave popcorn and candy and so on. Um, 3V signs and banners, South Bay Live Magazine, Total Wine, uh, Ralph's Oriental Trading, and California Pizza Kitchen have all made donations. Um, so with that, you know, these have been in tough times themselves, right? And so for them to be able to do sponsorship is, is remarkable.
2: That is quite a lift. Um, of sponsors and i 'm really happy for you to, um, that everybody is still stepping up and supporting and perhaps even supporting in, in an even bigger way. Uh, you mentioned one of your sponsors said i need to there was more I wanted to talk about that what did you say um, 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 Athleta? yeah yes, yes go ahead yeah
3: they um, they're giving us um $15 gift cards to give to all of our ticket holders. So your ticket's $25 and you're going to get a $15 gift card back from Athleta. And what the way we're doing that is we're offering people the option to come do a pickup one day before the, the screening which is May 1st and 2nd. Um, and you you will you have the option to say, sure, I'll come to the pickup date, and you're going to get a snack bag with microwave popcorn, Raisin Ed's, Junior Mints, all kinds of candies, hopefully your favorites in there, those kinds of things. We also have some, wow. some goodies, sort of swag from some of our sponsors to put in there, but we're going to give everyone an Athleta gift card for $15, so go get yourself, like you say, some more cute workout clothes or cute whatever. Yeah. Um, and then we have yep. a premium option for $10 more, yeah. and that will add a, a or a wine option for those over 21. So um, that's that's the twist we put on it this year. Let's try to pamper people a little bit, get them a snack bag. And we got, you know, tremendous um, support as well from some of our club members who said, I'll be your M&M's lady. I'll be, you know, I'll pay for the popcorn. <laughs> and I'll do whatever. So so we're having fun well, with that
0: too. Now, I, now I personally – oh,
2: go ahead, Joe. Well,
1: yeah, I just wanted to say that uh, – we have our guest has joined us, and I wanted to give her a proper introduction when we're ready.
2: Okay. Great. Well, I, I'm going to do that in one second, but before I do that, Kelly, I just want to say I love asada, I love raisinette, I love popcorn and the thought <laughs> of wine, a little upgrade to a wine, so I'm, I'm full indulgence. And then I'm going to use my athletic to like work it all off. So that just uh, and I love the and I love the film. So that that's a win-win-win-win-win in my book. So um, super um, happy for you that everybody has stepped up to the plate and supporting you. Okay, let's, thank you yes. so much. Let's bring in our um, our other guest today, joining yes. us and Kelly Fogarty from Steroptimus International, is film director Holly Morris. Holly is the director of Overexposed, Filming, and Arctic Odyssey, a behind-the-scenes look at the film team that captured the daring story of the women's Euro-Arabian North Pole Expedition. This is one of the Lunafest films this year. Holly has told and championed pro-women stories on the global stage for two decades. She is an internationally known filmmaker, author, and presenter, um, works include Adventure Divas and Globe Trucker. Her most recent film, The Babushkas, I love saying that, The Babushkas of Chernobyl, yeah. premiered at the Los Angeles Film Festival where it won the Jury Award for directing. The film story, which is based on Morris's print journalism and also forms the basis of her popular TED Talk, is about a defiant community of women who live inside Ukraine's radioactive exclusion zone. Her newest feature film, a high stakes Arctic documentary called Exposure, will be released in twenty twenty one. Um director, filmmaker, um I'm gonna call you a badass woman, Holly Morris, welcome to the show.
1: Thank
4: you
2: very much <laughs> for having me. This
1: is great. Yeah. Um all I can say, Holly, I mean, to start off with, uh I wanna say welcome and also we are we are huge fans of your work Um, the the everything that you've done has touched our lives in such powerful ways Um, Cuba uh, New Zealand Iran India I mean you're you're telling stories of, of women everywhere in the world, how did that come to your mind?
4: Well, I think um, uh, so. I started out my career in in publishing, actually, book publishing, and did mm-hmm. uh, worked on editing and other uh, ways uh, stories about women around the world, and uh, really saw and felt a lack of, you know, women being the narrators of their their own stories on the international stage. This is, this was some time ago. Things have changed recently, which is great. Mm. So, um, Mm. for example, the first, my first foray into television and film was in Cuba because to me, that was a culture that was really misunderstood or, or, or the stories about it were told through a very narrow prism in in the, in the American media, in my view. Mm -hmm. And certainly, um, Focusing in more on on women's stories, there. I mean, you mostly heard about Castro or, or you know, a few other characters um, in the telling of Cuba. So, so basically, I really try to find uh, stories that have been told in perhaps a, uh, and not the fullest way, and not necessarily the most pro woman way. Um, and that applies mm-hmm. whether I've been in Chernobyl or the High Arctic or. Um, or anywhere, really.
1: So, speaking of uh, the high Arctic, A, I'd like you to explain that term, and B, were you actually there? Yes,
4: yeah, so um, the, the film, my most recent project is called Exposure, and of course the Luna uh, Cliff Bar uh, film project is 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 part of that overall project and it's called overexposed. And that is sort of a behind the scenes of how we made the film exposure, which will be released this fall. So overexposed, mm-hmm. it really was, um, so just to back up a little bit, the story is a group of women from the Arab world and the West who teamed up to ski to the North pole in 2018, um, mm-hmm. and sort of an epic adventure and an epic filming adventure as well, because, you know we had temperatures to thirty nine below
0: um,
4: and uh, you know all kinds of things went wrong <laughs> um, and Yes, mm. I was mm. there and I had an incredible team of two women cinematographers, Ingeborg, Jacobson, and Catherine Barrows, both of uh, one one a Norwegian, one American and so the three of us basically captured this story in the high Arctic um, and uh, we the team that we were covering uh, went the last degree, so roughly 100 kilometers they skied across the Arctic sea ice, all ice, no land up there, (laughs) Um, North Pole, to the North Pole, and and it was uh, quite a challenging production, and so Overexposed sort of captures uh, the behind the scenes of that.
0: Hmm.
1: How, I mean, um, was this your very first experience in the arctic
4: um you know i have done some filming in the arctic before i did a, a project with the uh sami people in in the high arctic of uh the norwegian uh in, in norway um some yeah. years ago and that was you know following some reindeer herders and and uh but that is very different this is a polar expedition right this is they were on ice. Mm. We were on ice the whole time, mm. uh, pulling yes. sledges, fully, uh, you know, uh, self-supported, meaning that all of our food and all of our camera batteries and all of our rifles, not, not mine, but we did have a rifle handler in charge of, you know, <laughs> should we run into a polar bear? Um, you yes. know, so it was, it was um, a very unique production and, and the sort of one really relevant part of it all for the larger story and the larger film was that the women from around the world were all novices. No one, uh, really in some cases, not even particular athletes. So that was really a a sort of every woman kind of journey. Uh, Mm -hmm. it was led by Felicity Aston who, who is a polar explorer. So she was obviously quite experienced and, uh, and my team had experience. Um but but the, the most of the expedition members were novices. Wow. Wow.
1: Wow. Wow. <laughs> well, um, that is amazing. We are uh we are in awe <laughs> of your adventures there physically. Um you just weather wise when you say thirty nine below, people don't understand. That's not a wind chill, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs>
4: You it know. was bananas. That's, I gotta say, and uh, yeah. <laughs> that was frozen bananas.
0: Okay, it, it, it was, was frozen yeah. bananas. That was, and it was, that was not frozen, for,
4: that was frozen bananas. That was frozen
0: bananas.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, when when you know, in the behind the scenes, you really sort of tackle. Um, we're, we have the opportunity to talk a little bit about what that means to camera batteries and what that means to camera women mm-hmm. who are trying to operate equipment and who have to mm-hmm. see backwards. <laughs> filming stuff oh. in order to see the uh, in, in order to capture the the expedition team who's of course team forwards north northwards mm-hmm.
0: um mm-hmm.
4: and uh so yeah it was pretty unique i mean obviously the sort of overall the spectre hanging over it all is climate change because um the the sea ice is melting uh and it is every year more and more there's less of it and it's less stable and it's newer ice as opposed to the old ice that's right. in the first century right. so more treacherous um, more treacherous more could go wrong um uh, but also you know i mean from a filmmaking perspective it allowed us to capture um a story of climate change in a way that was very visceral and very uh, timely in a way because you know you could see the challenges the characters were up against were you know crumbling ice around them, cr- hearing the ice crack, you know being concerned of the open leads of water that were that they had to navigate, and all of this these are all symptoms you know the, the, those worsening conditions are symptoms of of obviously our larger problem of climate change and this expedition that that they undertook that um, overexposed captures um, uh, well, to, to this day of the last ones to have made it to the poll because um, the following year, the whole polar season was uh, canceled due to uh, climate change and regional political con- conflict. And then the two subsequent seasons were also canceled due to COVID. So, you know, we have these sort of larger – um, environmental issues that that are um that the story is at the mercy of.
1: I, I at this point, um Kelly, we could talk to Holly for another hour because <laughs> there's more. There's more and there's always more to Morris. But <laughs> what, what do we want to focus on regarding Lunafest, Kelly? Fogerty.
0: Uh me okay, Kelly, okay, Me Kelly, sure. That's, that's well, like and, Kelly Focus, you go ahead. <laughs> We,
3: two Kellys. We talked a little yeah. bit earlier, Holly, about how um, LunaFest gets films and how they select films. We don't really know each year how many are submitted, but it kind of made me wonder, and maybe you could talk maybe even about both items. Um, how are you getting films made? You're you're in a particular documentary genre, I guess you could say, and are there big production companies, big studios that you have um, where you have your films made or something else, and then when you decide to enter your films into a festival like LunaFest, what's that process like for a filmmaker?
4: Right. Yeah, well, LunaFest has done an amazing job for 30, I believe 30 years now, um, supporting women filmmakers, and this year is uh, no exception um, the, the the festival is fantastic and um, has been reaching audiences in a way that is really robust. I mean, I think the film circuit, uh, especially <laughs> this year, funnily enough, because, you know, uh, the whole film circuit, uh, independent film circuit has been canceled essentially or moved, been moved online. So right. it's really great to be a part of a festival that are nimble and able to um, get the films out there in a big way in a trying time. Um I think distribution is always a challenge for filmmakers um and especially documentary filmmakers. Uh I can tell you I have no connections to big studios. I would I, you know sometimes I wish I did because I most of my projects have been um really independent and really bootstrapped and um some stories are really hard to tell in that way. I will tell you filming in the arctic is an expensive undertaking. So mm-hmm. uh my pro- this project was filmed by uh, different grants and um, uh, different organizations like the Redford Center and um, uh, several other uh, funders. Uh, so it was a bit of a um, cobbled together uh, project. Um, but LunaFest Luna was fantastic, and that this year they uh, chose, I believe, four filmmakers to support and fund their production. So fully fund these films and that's really unique and really like liberating i have to say because um because it just doesn't happen right and you have to cobble things together but we were able to make overexposed with the support of lunifest um uh, you know pillar to post really so uh that's that's pretty special
3: Period. Yeah, that's amazing. They are they are saying that this uh, here in this year they have more and more partnered um, to do that, and and that's why you know each year when we show LunaFest, part of the money that we pay back is to support the Chicken and Egg Foundation and, and Luna. Um, vast majority of the proceeds come to our organization, but they take enough from each one to have built a fund, continue to do that, and and now they're starting to invest it with independent filmmakers, like you say, so neat. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a
2: question for Holly. This is the other Kelly um, Holly, mm-hmm. thank you so much for sharing your time with us this morning and I always like to kind of peel back the layers on the on the person and their story and who they are and not just your film but you know you and um, how did you start in film what What was that moment when you you know were you five years old and you were holding a camera around the house mm-hmm. how did what prompted
0: you to get started in the film
2: well
4: I know I was not five years old with the camera in fact I I didn't get into I didn't start working in film until my early 30s um or about I was about 30 and I had started in print world and I was feeling a little frustrated with the um how uh, while I was happy with the the, film, the the I'm sorry the uh, books and I was working on and really you know had these incredible stories from these great authors I was frustrated with the with how the stories weren't getting out there you know you you, you produce a book and it sells 5 10 15,000 copies maybe right so that was how mm-hmm. when I said you know uh I knew the power of film and television because I grew up in a, a television family um and um and so then I pivoted trying to take some of these stories to the, to, you know, this other medium. And so uh, I have been, uh, so that, that's how I started in film and, and started a series called Adventure Divas with my mom, who was a sports reporter, producer. Um, and we, we sold that series to PBS. So it was a combination of sort of travel, travel and international politics. Um, around that time, I also was approached by Globe Trecker, which is a travel series, and so uh, on TVS as well. And uh, so I ended up working on Globe Trekkers for, I don't know, 20 years or something as well. I always had a side hustle.
0: Um,
4: so Globe mm-hmm. Trekker was sort of my side hustle while I made my independent films, The because of Chernobyl and this film Exposure and other things. Um, yeah, so, but I do think generations coming up now are more facile and i mean the the, the tools of production in film are uh, are are more democratic now you know and you can um you, it, it is not such a stretch to uh envision yourself making film. i'm talking about young girls specifically right um <laughs> and um so yeah, times have changed since I started. We were using you know you know sixty pound cameras and you know, you know five person crews, <laughs> and now you can make a film with your
2: iPhone if you if you know what you're doing. So
0: mm-hmm. it's, it's interesting.
2: Mm-hmm. What what <laughs> has been your what has been in your career um, as a filmmaker? What has been your biggest challenge that you ever had to face?
4: Well, my biggest challenge, one might think would be like, you know, I have been called up on some hard duties, like do a, climb the Matterhorn in two weeks and uh, do a film. And, uh, you know, that was really physically demanding stuff like that if if you weren't prepared. But I would say, you know, funding is always, (laughs) it's boring, but it's the biggest challenge um, is putting together the, for me anyway, because I don't do terribly mainstream stuff and um, it's been hard to put together the funding. But, um, but yeah, so you just sort of stay resilient and keep knocking on doors through it all. And I think that lesson applies to lots of, you know, artists and filmmakers and writers and, and, um, Mm -hmm. it's not unique to to filmmaking. Um, uh, so yeah, I'd say, you know, keep your, keep your chin up amidst the, in the tough times, uh, financially and have a side hustle (laughs) Uh, and, um, and, and, Get to know people like Luna and LunaFest because they really understand the challenges that uh, face filmmakers, particularly women filmmakers, and, um, and provide them the resources to make things happen.
1: Mm. I, I that, have a question for you, Holly. Mm-hmm. What, what are some yeah. of the social – What are the, you know, we talk about social media, and w- most people think of it in the large – like you know Facebook and um, uh, uh, Instagram, but there is the the sort of the community specific social media is something that is beginning, and we want to talk about where do filmmakers go to share stories and to find new potential um funding partners and all of that. What social media do you use? or do you think mm-hmm. other filmmakers use to find people to work with?
0: Mm.
4: Well, I think that, you know, communities uh, have emerged through social media, I mean, especially, obviously, in this last year, um, around the organizations that support filmmakers. So, for example, Chicken and Egg and uh, is a was a, a partner in LunaFest, and they, uh, they have a really robust community of women filmmakers who they've supported for many, many years, and so all of us are connected through Slack and other ways, but mm-hmm. our kind of hub is chicken and egg, right? And I would mm-hmm. say Women mm-hmm. Make Movies is another organization that I would put in that, for, at least for me, um, that they are uh, – Women Make Movies is not a funder, but it's a produ- they offer production assistant to women filmmakers and other various resources, um, if you go to something like DOC NYC, which is a big, um, on one level, it's got a sort of marquee film festival in the fall, but it's also got now a huge community online. So all the filmmakers that come through that festival are connected. Um, and it helps with funding, and it helps just with getting the word out about your project. And so staying in touch. Uh, and then all, you know, the funders themselves, um, you know, like you know probably Ford Foundation and many others, um,
0: and the Redford mm-hmm. Center,
4: I know, has also, you know, they have funded us, and um, there's a big community of environmental filmmakers, and the hub is the Redford Center. So, mm-hmm. so that's sort of a small, that's sort of one answer to your question, like um, these, these, these communities form uh, usually uh, through social media uh, around right. organizations that fund and support filmmakers. Right.
1: Right. Well, um, you 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 hit the jackpot. I mean, when you go to <laughs> chicken in egg dot org, chicken and egg, That's chicken, and then in is in Nancy egg, and then p i c s dot o r g. What you are presented with is chicken and egg pictures, and uh, they chicken and egg pictures supports women nonfiction filmmakers whose artful and innovative storytelling catalyzes social change. Wow! And then yeah. we go on to WMM—just three letters: WMM.com. Women make movies. Wow!
2: <laughs> Joe, we have three minutes. It, it, this happens every Friday to us. We just
0: it's don't amazing. have
2: time. <laughs> Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh yeah, I have a new favorite uh website. That's WMM.com, dot com and uh Kelly Fogarty and Holly Morris, thank you so much for joining us today.
3: No problem. Well thank and you. And say. and again our our yeah. Our screening is May first and second, and it's a forty-eight hour window when people can watch at their convenience. So please go, well, you know, well, to the site that Joe mentioned, simanhattanbeach.org, dot org, and right there you'll see, yeah. you know, buy Luna Fest tickets here. Yeah. We're all over social media as well with those links. So uh, please yeah. do join us.
1: We yeah, and I mean, I want to give you a formal ninety seconds, Kelly. Give us all of the details. Where do we go? What, a, what, a, what can we find?
3: You want me to talk more? I can always do that. <laughs> yes. No, no, now we have,
2: we, we weren't our, cutting you off. We have on, two minutes. I was Yeah, I was just starting to wrap it up. No, no, please tell us exactly yeah. what people need to do to find yeah. you, buy tickets, and do more.
3: Yes. Well, it is simanhattanbeach.com. That's for Suroptimist International. Not, I'm sorry, .org simanhattanbeach.org yeah. and right there you'll see yeah. when you go to Facebook you can search for Thoroptimist Manhattan Beach Instagram I think it's S-I. Manhattan Beach. we're on Twitter so we're um, we have a list of 450 people if you've ever heard of us you're probably on our email list and you've already got emails inviting you to the ticket site so uh, please do uh, consider that if you buy your ticket before April 20th you'll be eligible for the snack bag but we're going to have to cut it off Then, because we need to buy and make and have the right quantity of everything to give to people. Um, We're really hoping that we'll sell at least, you know, 250 tickets or so, and and we're on our way to that. But this is the kind of thing where a lot of people do at the last minute. So we ask you to go ahead and buy your ticket now. And again, you'll have a 48-hour window. Find yourself that 90 minutes when you can pop some popcorn and and relax and watch these films they're just inspiring they're just um in many cases you know important to your life and important to the lives of people that you know um and and beautiful voices um i wonder you know where else we're going to find these women's stories and uh, told by women things about women the things that holly spent her career doing wanting to tell those women's stories and um and you'll just enjoy it very much
1: Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, what, a, what, a, what a wonderful um, reintroduction to our lives as, as uh, <laughs> uh, people that can go out and see things and do things. Um, we can now go out and see things about the babushkas of Chernobyl. Um, let's, mm-hmm. let's find new stories uh, out there in the world. Um, thank you very much. Kelly, that's
2: a wrap. That is a wrap. Um, Holly Morris, thank you, Kelly Fogarty, thank you so much. Um, thank you for your time. Can't can't wait to see all the films and and to learn more about um, you, Holly, your films, and of course um, the wonderful work that Sir Optimus International does. So, thank you. Have a great weekend, everybody.
0: Thank, thank you. you. Great Bye-bye. to see Bye-bye. you. On. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. bye. Okay. Bye Bye-bye. bye.